dive into this brand new series. Um, we're going to talk a lot about, in the weeks to come, about vision for the future. We're going to talk about the building the new home that God's prepared for us. We're going to talk a lot about um, what it's going to uh, require of us collectively and how we're all, we're all going all in. If this is your church home, then we're all going all, we're going all in. Somebody say all in. And we're going to talk talk more. I want to really encourage you. It's so important because this is our future right here. Uh, that we, I want, would you not miss a week? The next four weeks, like, be here. Tell two people, be here. Be here. If I'm your pastor and this is your church home, be here. Tell somebody else, be here. Don't want to miss it. I promise you it's going to be exciting and every week's going to build up to the next. It's going to be great stuff. God's been doing some amazing things in our church. Even on rainy days, he's moving. Amen. Can I tell you that today uh, we had an amazing TFH conference in Vacaville, um, and we're so pumped coming off the mountaintop. But how many of you have ever gone to an exciting thing and then all hell breaks loose on you when you get back down on the mountaintop? <laughs> People are, I'm telling you that you're fighting at home, the kids are acting up, you're casting kids out of demons. I mean, not demons out of kids, you cast. <laughs> it's like who's possessing who right now? Um, parent joke. Oh. <laughs> But you know, you know the you know the you know the stuff. But um, for, the enemy will do things to try to disrupt your flow, disrupt God's flow in your life. But I want to encourage you: don't let it hold you back. Don't let rainy weather hold you back in that several weeks. If you see people in your small group, your family who didn't make it out because of the football game and the rain, listen, they're not going to want to miss it. Text them today. Text them right now. It's okay. You have my permission to at this very moment say you are missing out. I need you to sit next to me next week. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to get into this. This um, opening text for the day is Ephesians. This is kind of the theme scripture for this series. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, reading out the Amplified. And it says this, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly more than all that we dare ask or imagine, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, According to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And the church said, amen, amen and amen. Now, as we talk about our future together as a community, as a, as, as, as a house, as a people of God, and we talk about buildings and building things that are going to create space for ministry. Why is Siri talking to me right now? I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. But as we, as we delve into the topics coming up over the next several weeks, I want us, we're going to dream big, we're going to talk big, we're going to pray big, amen? We're going to give big, we're going we're gonna to go above and beyond together, but I want us to remember this along the way that we're not just about building buildings, and we build buildings to build people. Now, how many are grateful that in this season we've had this facility that has been, it was built for us? But it was built, and God has allowed us to have a space to gather over the past couple of years. How many grateful that we have a place? God uses buildings to build people. And we use buildings to create space to reach more people. And that's what this is all about. It's about reaching more people. One more light, one more family, one more heart turned towards the light and, out, and brought out of darkness and sin and bondage and addiction and depression and suicidal tendencies. How many are hoping for some people in your life that they will encounter the power of Jesus Christ? I want you to raise your faith over the next several weeks because we're going to be praying. Next week, you don't want to miss it because we're going to pray over specific people in our lives. And we are believing God is going to draw 
into an experience, an encounter into the house of God where they're going to experience salvation, miracles, freedom in Jesus' name. How many know he's a God that's, that still does miracles? Do you believe that today, church? So we're not just about the buildings, but the buildings serve a greater purpose, an eternal purpose. I like how my pastor said it. Pastor Dave said this. He, he said, the buildings are not eternal, but what happens in the buildings are eternal. That's good, huh? Had to give you credit for that one. We're going to show a story real quick uh, that represents what we're all about, uh, a story of a life that's been impacted through, not, through, through the ministry, through the local church. This is what we're about. This is why we exist. So turn to the screens as they put Jessica's story on the screen.
We're going to move on like sheep. Can I get an amen today? Lives are being transformed right before our eyes. I remember when Jessica walked into that lobby after we reopened, and believe it or not, I thought she and Angie were twins. And now I'm like, what? Oh, you look totally different. My, I was so blind back then. But some of you may recall last year, I believe it was, when Angie had that stroke. It was devastating. And we zoomed into our hospital room, and we were praying over her. You extended your hands and believed for God for a miracle. I remember when she actually got out of that hospital, she could barely speak, and she could barely walk. Do you know that last, it was the last night we had our dream team night? She was line dancing with the dream team. changes lives. I've been talking with Jessica, and she's, a, she's brilliant. She's a scientist. But she's now also talking on top of that about the call of God on her life to change and impact life. I'm telling you, this is a place of miracles. That's what we're about. What we're about building lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ so that when people walk into our buildings, they can experience hope rebuilt, dreams rebuilt, visions restored, marriages restored and rebuilt, lives rebuilt by the power of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a future where you see your neighbors in the house of God? Can you imagine a future where people who were once your enemies are in the house lifting their hands, bound together in unity and cords of love because of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's what this church is about. And Joshua chapter 1, I want you to look there with me. You can pull up your Bible app, your Leather back or turn to the screens. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Let's read this. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses assisted, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come. Somebody say, it's time. The time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot... You will be on land I have given you. Somebody say, God has given us something good. You're part of that. You're part of that. Joshua chapter 3 now, verses 1 to 4. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. And three days after, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Then you, you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Can I tell you something today? That oftentimes, the greatest miracles live in uncharted territory. Places we have not yet stepped into. And we have to overcome the barriers of fear, unbelief, and maybe an unwillingness or fear of sacrifice to experience the greater unimaginable beauties that God has prepared for us. Joshua 3.5 says this, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, I mean set apart, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Can you turn to two people and tell them God's going to do something amazing in your life? Come on, tell somebody else, they need to hear it today. 
So I want to give you three keys to stepping into a future that's greater than you can imagine. A tomorrow that's greater than you can imagine. For our church, we're doing this together. We're going all in into a future that's greater than we can imagine. As big as you can imagine God's future for us, it's better than that. It's bigger than that. It's greater than that. As, as big as a future as you can imagine for you and your family, it's better than that. As, as great a future as you can imagine for our city, it's greater than that. God, who does things beyond our imaginations. First key today is surrender wholeheartedly to God. Surrender wholeheartedly to God. In Joshua chapter one, chapters 1 through 3, Joshua accepts the call, the assignment to step into some big shoes. Moses, the greatest leader of Israel in their history, prophet, uh, a, a ruler, a deliverer, he dies. And in the aftermath, Joshua is left with a call from God to step in and carry the torch and step into a position of leading and influencing people, God's people, towards God's purpose for their lives. But it would require surrender on their parts, consecration. Joshua, as the leaders, it, it, how many know it starts with, you, with, with us? Listen, if you're going to lead your family into God's future, a greater future, it starts with you, Mom and Dad. If you're going to lead your family, if you're going to lead your children, you're going to lead your marriage into what God wants for it, it starts with you. Sometimes we try to shift responsibility or, or, or put it off on other people or blame others when we're not getting where we hope to be, when the reality is maybe God is saying, I want to start with you. God, why aren't you rescuing my family? Why aren't you saving my husband? Why aren't you doing the miracle of my teenager? Maybe before the change can happen around us, it needs to happen within us. And what if the miracle that we're praying for actually lives on the inside of us? Because isn't that what Ephesians says? That the miracle, the unimaginable happens by the power that works within us. So this power to pursue God-ordained, God-formed, God-fashioned futures beyond our, our imagination, bigger than our biggest prayers, greater than our greatest dreams, that happens not just by some cosmic influence in the galaxies, it happens by a power that breathes within us through the Holy Spirit who dwells within every spirit of born-again follower of Jesus Christ. The power is inside us. The power to change the world, the power to shape the future, it's in us through Jesus. But it requires wholehearted surrender. It requires embracing, embracing, embracing the, the possibilities, even the things that are sometimes intimidating. Have you ever stepped into a room where you knew nobody and you just didn't want to, you didn't want to walk in? <laughs> Any introverts in the house? <laughs> I'm not going in there, I got no friends. Remember, remember high school or junior high and ball? You didn't have a date? Maybe you don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I don't know anybody. Who went dancing? I'm going to look all corny, sitting by the punch bowl, being all awkward. How was all my awkward folks at? So, can I say today that you have full permission to just be awkward for Jesus? You can come in all, all lonesome and looking weird and acting weird, and it's okay. The Bible says we are weird. We are peculiar people. <laughs> Just don't get too weird. <laughs> you start rolling around on the ground doing barking, do stuff like that, we might have to talk to you about that later. <laughs> Surrender wholeheartedly. Consecrate. Set yourself. If we want the future, the big future God has set apart for us, it begins with setting ourselves apart for God.
I think if you're like me, so many times you want God things and God dreams and God realities. But you know what's the hard part? Giving God my all. Surrendering everything that I love. Listen, maturity is not giving God all the stuff that's destroying you and that you hate. Maturing in the faith and growing in your faith and flourishing is when you get to the point where you hear God saying, I want the things you love most in this it's easy to give your addiction. I, I mean, it's, it's difficult when you're in it, but when you look back, you're like, wow, it was so worth it. It's easy when you put down the 40 and you're not getting drunk anymore. It's easy when you start to start to grow in, in holiness and righteousness. But when God starts to say, I want to be before the things you love. I want you to, to want me more than your success. I want you. I want you to make my house a priority. I want yeah. you to make the, sharing my, your faith a priority over preserving your reputation in front of people and being ashamed of my name. I want you to be a healing demonstration of my power rather than just asking for healing. When we start to get asked and inquired by God, will you give me the things you love most? That's how you know you're really growing. Oh, the addiction, that's the easy stuff. Some of you are like, gosh, man, that's the hard stuff for me right now. We get it. It's a journey. But that's why we're here. That's why this house exists. So people can embark upon this never-ending, beautiful, adventurous journey of exploring what God has next for us. Let me give you somebody. There's somebody in this room you feel stuck spiritually. And I want to remind you that God's not done. That the story continues. And there's more. But maybe God is saying, let me ask you, what is he asking of you today? Maybe what he's asking of you is to start to get a little closer to him in this season of life. Maybe you said, I'm not coming to church today. It's raining, it's pouring. We know how sacramentals are. But you maybe, come on, give yourself a hand. Give me the house. But you're like, if it's raining like this next week, I'm keeping the kids inside. No, 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 you'll be in the house. It's going to rain outside, perhaps, but it's going to rain inside, too. Are you hearing me right now? The game may be on the street, perhaps, but not in the open church. <laughs> why do you think the Niners won that game, y'all? Why, why do you think the Super Bowl is a possibility? Because somebody else like any church, it was for the remnant. I saw the remnant. He saw the 12 spies. And only two of them said, we can take the land. If I can go to church and keep Jesus first, the Niners will make it. And then, come on, somebody ought to honor the folks who put Jesus before the pigs, man. <laughs> I love football. I love sports. But we got to surrender the things we hold close to our hearts. When you're planning for your future and you're saving that money, you're making investments, and you just got the raise, the hard part is trusting God with that next level promotion and trusting God with that next level dimension of prosperity. But let me remind you that the God who provides and gives you the ability to work and to grow and to develop, that he's the God who will do it in the next chapter at levels beyond what you can imagine. But he's saying, seek me first. Seek the kingdom of God first. If, you start, if we would start living, you know, I think one of the greatest tragedies in the Christian world is that <laughs> we almost forget how to dream. That there's a severe lack of imagination in the body of Christ. We kind of just look for templates all the time, which is good, it's useful. But I think templates are things you build on. 
But if you approach every person the same way, you're going to find that not every approach is going to work. Sometimes you have to learn to tap into the imagination of the Holy Spirit so he can guide you and lead you. Lead you. The scripture teaches us that we are to walk in the Spirit as sons and daughters of, the Spirit, of God. Amen? Because we're born in the Spirit. And I really believe this, that if you would start to let God into your imagination, that you would soon find yourself living in his imagination. If we would start letting God invade our limited thinking, we would start to think like him and expand our future. We start to allow, allow him to renew our minds through the spirit by his word and think with faith in God. Start thinking God thoughts. Because how you think shapes your future. How you think dictates what your tomorrow will look like. One of the hardest things is, you know, coming into a situation and, 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 and you're used to a way of doing things. You're used to a way of doing church, right? How many have been there before? You ever walked into a new church and it's like, great, it's awesome, but it stretches you? Some of you are like, yeah, here at TFH. <laughs> and I get it because that was me. Pastor Mark's always challenging my thinking. But I love that. I love that. I love putting myself in that position because it makes me see beyond my previous limitations. And I realize that if I'm going to expand my future, I've got to expand my relational circle and expand my thinking and expand my faith and expand my ability to see what could be, not just what is. Are you hearing this today? We have a future in Jesus and it's bigger than we can imagine. But you don't know how big that is until you start imagining. You don't know how big it can be until you actually pray big prayers. So if you want a, 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 a 10 in realities being fulfilled in your life and in your future, then you've got to start dreaming at a level 9. Are you hearing me right now? Start praying level 10 prayers, and you'll start seeing God move at 11 and 12 exceeding what you believe for and ask for. Let's not make God a prisoner to our limited thinking anymore. Let's surrender everything to him. Tell your neighbor, we can do this. Because when we surrender, we realize that obedience opens doors. Yeah. Tell somebody, obedience opens doors. Obedience opens doors. Obedience opens doors. And often, what keeps us back from grabbing hold of God's future, his big, unimaginable future, is this reluctance to, to hold, to letting go of the past. If we got, come to God with open hands, then God will fill them. Amen. If we let go of what we've been holding on to, whatever that might be, my fear, I don't want to tithe, God. I don't trust. I don't trust that it's going to work through. Is it really real, God? Really going, maybe it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Oh, I, I, I tithe like let my step to tithe challenge. I didn't get that job I was asking for. But are your kids in the house of God? Come on. Because my Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 that he gives, he's able to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings we cannot contain. How many of you put five kids in your pocket and could hold their lifetime in your pocket and believe that they're going to live a life surrendered to Jesus? I don't know about you, but I, I, I trusted God, and he's been faithful, and not just financially, but spiritually. He's been faithful to my marriage. We're going to celebrate 19 years in February. He's been faithful to my kids. I'm worship team. They're starting small groups. They're in youth ministry. They run half the church sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes the biggest blessing is the one you don't know you need. And the 
what you're not expecting. That's what I love about sowing and being generous. When we do that, God not only meets needs we know about, but he opens up the heavens and pours out blessing on areas of life we don't even know we need him to pour his blessing on. Give him wholehearted surrender. What's he asking of you today? Time, your energy, your talent, your sacrifice, your faith, your trust. He can handle it. Second, step out in faith. Joshua chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead, uh, ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing in its banks. What a, what a timely passage of Scripture. It's pouring today. Don't overflow. No, no flooding. <laughs> Lord Jesus. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a, at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. So the priests are commanded, they're ordered by Joshua, by God, to stand in the midst of the water. And as they do that, the water moves back and pushes and parts at the point at which the first priests, the priests at the front, step into the water. They had to stand in faith. They had to step out in faith so that the people could cross to the other side. They had to cross through the barrier of the Jordan River and expect and anticipate that God was going to honor his directions and his word that he spoke over them so that they could get to where he was calling. He, they could get into their greater. They could get into a future beyond anything they could dream up or imagine. And if we want to step into something greater, if we as a church, as a community, want to step into all that God has in store for us, it's going to have to start with us trusting him and surrendering and taking a step of faith. Sometimes if you want something bigger, you've got to take a bigger step. Sometimes if you want some movement ahead of you and it's getting stagnant and you're not growing and you need to shake things up, sometimes the thing that most needs to be shaken up is you. Peter had to step out of the boat before he walked on the water. The priest had to step into the water before it parted. Moses had to raise his staff before victory was declared against his enemies. David had to pick up a slave and put some stones in it before he slayed a giant. Daniel had to be willing to stand for his convictions before he overcame lions. The disciples had to preach boldly in the face of persecution because before they could shape the world and change history, if we Take a step. Take a step. Oh, God, I wish you had some good friends. Have you signed up for small group? <laughs> well, I mean, there's the answer right there. Just warm on those. Oh, I'm so, so, I don't know. I'm so scared. It's okay, we're all scared. Except for the extreme extroverts. You're like, let's get this party started. I got a secret small group operating without Pastor Mike's knowledge. Huh. Because I need people, and he doesn't understand. We were having a Bible study at McDonald's, wherever we had 20, we had church in Starbucks. <laughs> you got to take a step. Listen, you can admire her, her beauty, her elegance, <laughs> her spirituality, but if you don't take a step, brother, 
<laughs> you can't pray the Holy Spirit will win her over for you. Can I get an amen in the house? Gee, you got to take a step. Do men know how to step anymore? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean, all, I mean, all for women's rights and empowerment. Sometimes we go to extremes. We, we just want, we just, we're not all for women's rights. Amen, go sister. We believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> You're empowered. Ask me out. <laughs> the mom's like, honey, why are you still single? There's no shame in singleness. You can serve Jesus single and live a fulfilled life. That's awesome, man. Do what God's called you. But I'm just saying, if you ain't, if you're itching for something, you're itching for a relationship, you want to get married, you want to have a dozen kids in the future, we're not. We're like, do it. You're half a dozen kids. In the kingdom is a win for us. <laughs> We're going to fill this house one, bit, one way or another. <laughs> Have your babies. Come on. Get the tax credits and refunds in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Come on. Are you ready right now? Keep it going. Keep it going. I feel the unction. I feel the anointing. There's a grace upon you right now. It's raining. Turn off the TV. You don't need technology. Step out in faith. You know, during this campaign, my wife and I, we're taking a big step of faith, maybe the biggest step of, step of faith we've ever taken when it comes to generosity. You know, we're tired of new givers. But I've seen way too much of God's goodness and too many lives transformed to hold back and not allow him to challenge me to step into the water. Is it scary? Mm -hmm. A little bit, yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Does this mean I gotta cut out Netflix? Oh. Pastors need to online too. Can I get a witness in the house? Right now? I mean, I need to. I, I got done breaking bread with a thousand. Well, maybe not a thousand, but you know, 100 to 200 people on the weekend. I, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. After I'm done breaking bread, I need some breaking bad. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That was a good show. <laughs> What's the step of faith he's showing you? Hey, make the house a priority in your life. Because if you build my house, I'll build yours. If you make yourself a part of my family that I'm building, it'll rescue your family. Yeah. Listen, I'm not just talking stuff. Look at my Instagram. <laughs> Talk to my kids. Talk to my wife. I am living proof that if you put God first, that He will make your future, really his future, a priority. If you make room for the kingdom, the kingdom will make room for you. Matthew 6, 30, so I thank God. Put your hands together for me. 30 fans in the house today. Any fans in the live streams? Listen, over 400 people said yes to Jesus last year because of your generosity, because of your offerings, because of your sacrifice. We, we, this is not 18 people have said yes to Jesus. 11 people have joined the dream team. Last week alone, 60 to 70 people signed up for small groups. We're just getting started. The future is bigger, it is brighter because Jesus is in it with us. And thirdly, as I wrap this up, synchronize yourself. 
Synchronize yourself with God's people. Joshua chapter 3, verse 17, it says, The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, by the way, represented the presence of God. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. And we have pastors and we have leaders, we have apostolic people, we have prophetic people, fivefold ministry people. But do you know that in a very real sense, we are now all priests? Oh, you're like, what? All my, all my formerly and even current accountable people are like, no, no, it's okay, Pastor. No. According to the Bible, we are a royal priesthood. As people, we are royal, we are royalty, and we are holy. Because of Jesus. Because we are sons and daughters of the king. Priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the presence of God, stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. The waters parted. The river turned into dry, barren land. And while all Israel passed by, all Israel passed by, the whole nation, by until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. Not only do we need to completely surrender if we want to see a, f- a greater future, a God future fulfilled. Not only do we need to step out in faith, but we got to get in sync with what God's doing amongst his people. What keeps us often from a greater future, you know, the, the big things, the beyond things, the, the beyond imagination kind of future that God wants for us, Sometimes we don't have the right people in our life. Or not only do we have the right not have the right people, but we have the wrong people in our life. The Bible teaches this that bad company corrupts good habits. Can I ask you something? Are the people in your life influencing you more than you're influencing them? Everyone you walk into, you will influence and you will be influenced. But when you get to decide, it's who you allow to shape your future. Because the people you spend the most time with will determine what your future looks like. Here's my encouragement to you today, church. Is invest your life in a community that looks like the future God has promised you. Spend time with people who look like the tomorrow of your dreams. I mean, they're perfect. But we can't change the world if we're still enslaved to the company we keep. And through social media, media, YouTube, the news, everything, we're constantly being shaped or thinking, aren't we? The algorithms are telling us what to say, what to think, what to believe. And we're chained to them. And what we need to do is step away from that sometimes and say, God, what are you saying? Who do I need in my life? Get deep into the community, my church. Because we're going somewhere. I'm not here to tell you we're the best church. And we're growing, and we're getting better because we're growing with our future. 
we're going into a greater alignment with God's future for us. It's a building, but it's more than a building. It's structures, but it's more than a structure. It's seats and all that stuff, but it's more than that. It is a transformation of the trajectory of people's entire lives. There are atheists who will walk into our home in the next two years, five years, ten years, and they will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There are lost sons and daughters who have been astray since the pandemic. And for the first time, they walk into Northgate Boulevard, into that house, walk into a service, be handed a cup of coffee, and tears are streaming down their face as the worship team leads them into an encounter with the very presence of God. There are people are confused and broken, but they're going to get an experience home for the first time in years because of our generosity, our sacrifice, our steps of faith, our surrender, our obedience, because we're not just opening up doors for ourselves. We are opening up doors for stories, for lives, for families, for people who have not ever even encountered the reality of Jesus. Are you in? Are you all in? Can you imagine what God can do through you, through us? A community of people who are like-minded, one heart, one mind, standing in the river so others can cross through with us. I want to ask somebody, would you be the priest in the river? Would you join us in the river? Would you join Pastor Trina and myself? Would you join the worship team in the river? Will we carry the presence of God into our city so others who are not known, we don't know their names, we don't know their story yet, but they'll be able to cross into a promise and encounter with Jesus because someone stepped out and someone surrendered and someone believed. Will you get in sync with the heart of God for this community? We're getting sick. Can we do this together? Can we believe together? Can we dream together? Can we do it for the glory of God and the good of humanity, the good of our city? Psalm 133 says this, Behold how good, somebody say it's good, and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Can we put petty differences aside? Can we put politics aside? Can we put whether we are a Niners fan or a Raiders fan or a Seahawks fan aside? <laughs> At least during the campaign. We'll pick it up in the after the campaign, amen. <laughs> in the kingdom of heaven, there's room for all all sorts and sizes of football fans. I already told you this. There's a dark, small corner for all the greater fans. It's there. It's in heaven. But I believe if you sell, God will well, God will God will increase that room closet for you. <laughs> Couple things. When you lock arms with the right people, it'll take you in the right direction. And when you lock arms with the right people, and it leads you in the right direction, it'll lead you to more right people. (laughs) And the cycle continues. There's, There's a few types of people that we all are, and we all have in our lives. One is the rear view person. When you're driving down the road, you look in your rear view not to see what's ahead of you, but what's behind you. And sometimes people can get locked into a focus on the past, your past, your own past. Sometimes a family can only tell you what you've done, where you've been, and how you're not worthy, and you don't have what it takes to become anything more. Be careful about being that person. The rear view people will look at a 
this and say, uh, <laughs> I've been there before. 15 years ago, I was in a little church and they tried to slay a giant and we all died with it. <laughs> they try to shape our future based on their bad experience. Can I tell you, don't be a real new person. When God gives you a dream in your heart, don't let very few people define it for you. Can I get an amen? Love them, pray for them, encourage them, inspire them, pay them some scriptures, slap them with joy and love in Jesus' name. But don't let them tell you what you're supposed to be and where we're supposed to be as a community. Not only you have weary people who only focus on the past, you have people who are maybe a step above them. They're, 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 uh, they're magnifying class people. They don't tell you about the past, but they also don't tell you about the future. They only laser focused on what's happening now. And this movement in our era where it's about being present, which I believe in totally, but if we're overly focused on the present, we forget that there's a tomorrow. And if we're only obsessed with trying to live today, we, we, we neglect to put our trust that God is not just our God of yesterday and today, but he's also creating plans for us that are a future of good, a future that's not of evil. So we need to be in the present. But if you become a magnifying glass or you surround yourself with magnifying glass people, they are obsessed with every detail, strength, and limitation, and they can't see a future. It's just about today. But there's a third type of person that we need to get in our lives, that you need to speak into your life. Those are telescope people. 